Hello, and welcome to the Men of Unquiet Desperation podcast. This is your host, Jack Coolidge. If you are listening to this podcast, after reading the title, perhaps you've had an experience or you know someone who's had an experience that literally scared you real bad. So this is uh, episode 29, not being able to find my kid for 18 minutes changed my life and you don't want this to happen to you so let me give a summary of what happened last week uh, with my child and how it literally scared me to death nearly to death anyway um, I have a four-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter so they're both at that age where you know you got to keep track of them at all times they need pretty close adult supervision well they were both at my mother-in-law's and this is this whole story is going to sound like i'm picking on my mother-in-law but i'm not it could have happened to anybody um that watches children but she did make some mistakes to be honest She wasn't watching my child the way she should have been. But anyway, so I'm at my house, which is 15 minutes away from where the children are at, my mother-in-law's. I get a phone call from my mother-in-law, and she is out of her mind, crying, screaming my son's name. And I say, what is it? You know, what's, I'm expecting the worst. My heart just stops. So she tells me that she can't find my son. My son's four years old and she's just delirious. She's out of her mind. So here I am. I said, I'm going to be there and me. I'll be there as fast as I can. So I start, I get in my vehicle and I drive and I'm, I'm literally praying the hardest that I've ever prayed. Uh, and my mind is just racing, going through all these scenarios on the way there. And I, uh, I call my mother-in-law on the drive there and ask her if she looked in her pool, which is a horrible thing to even think, but she has an in-ground pool. So that's always in the back of my mind, even though it has a fence around it. In-ground pools can be extremely dangerous if you don't watch small children. So she said she looked there and she was still panicking, freaking out. So my nerves are shot. I get there, you know, I don't know how long it took me, but I did not go to speed limit. Um, but when I pull into her, her street, I see my son's little power wheels truck. If you don't know what that is, it's a little truck that kids have, uh, the, you know, they're like small plastic trucks with batteries in them and they can drive them all over. Well, he's got one. And, um, I also saw two cop cars with their lights on. My mother-in-law had called the cops before she called me, which was a good move, and you'll see why. So I stop my vehicle, jump out, run towards my son's truck. I can tell that no one has found my son. They're looking for him, calling his name out. And (laughs) I just... Where your mind goes as a parent whenever whenever you cannot find your child... Is, is literally the darkest places that 
your mind can go. You think of every horrible situation, you know, and I start to go in the woods because I figured my son's look, you know, he's, he's playing in the woods. Uh, keep in mind that his, this little toy truck is literally, I marked it later. It was three and a half, not three and a half, three quarters of a mile from my mother-in-law's house, which is where he was supposed to be. So this has got bad written all over it. So I start to go in the woods and the, and the cop tells me, you know, I know you want to, but don't go in the woods because I'm getting the dogs out. I'm calling the dogs. And I, was, I told him, I said, look, it's 530. I said, it's going to get dark soon. I have to look for my son. And, oh man, just thinking about it, it's only been a week. So I imagine this, this whole thing is going to, to petrify, not pet, it's going to haunt me for the rest of my life just thinking about it. But if there's any of you out there who has been through this or even lost and looking for their kids still, I just, man, I'm, my heart goes out to you and I'm praying for you. And it's, oh God, it was, it's just the worst feeling. And if you've ever lost your kid in uh, even the grocery store or Walmart for five minutes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You just panic. It's like, where is my child? Anyway, so I don't walk through the woods for very long because these woods are so thick and I'm screaming my son's name and I'm not getting anything. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to wind up just going down this for no reason. I don't know that he's in these woods if anything, my son probably went back towards his grandparents' house because his truck was on the side of the road and it was off the road. Well, I started to go back and to his truck, and then I can see the cops are leaving. They're going to look for my son in different directions in their vehicles. I start walking back to my vehicle, and a couple of guys pass by. I flag them down, ask them if they've seen my son, because at this point, I'm thinking I need any information. I can, If anybody's seen anything, uh, I yell at this person's yard seeing if anybody's out there no one answers me i'm you know just like hey and i'm just like oh my god oh my god my son where's my son now keep in mind this has been it took me 15 almost 15 minutes to get there and i don't, i didn't know at the time how long my my mother-in-law had been looking for my son so i get in my vehicle and i start to head towards my mother-in-law's house which is further down the street that i first turned on and because I figured in my mind, like, there's no way my son went to the, the highway. Like, he walked towards the highway. Why would he ever do that? So I, I figured that he would try to walk back to my mother-in-law's house. Well, as soon as I start driving back to my mother-in-law's house, I hear the cop's little siren, you know, eh, eh, behind me. And I look at him, I'm, you know, like, what? And, I, and he's pointing over to his passenger seat. And I look back in my rearview mirror and I turn around and he's got my son and even thinking about it right now makes me very emotional and I'll you know I mean I can't describe the feeling unless and you you don't know what I'm talking about unless like I said you've lost your kid for a few minutes and you're like freaking out and then you find him and you're like <gasps> it was that times a thousand because I had for I timed it from the from the time that my mother-in-law called me and the time that my son was located, it was 18 minutes. And it felt like an eternity. And uh, she's told me later that she had been looking for him for like 15 minutes already. So my son was missing for 30 minutes, over 30 minutes. Come to find out, just so you know, you're probably wondering what the heck happened. He literally followed his 
the the dog, my mother-in-law's, the dog that saves my mother-in-law's, across that highway, that extremely busy highway that's people going 60 miles an hour. And his story, he's four years old, so it's hard to get information out of him. But he said that he just went on this adventure, okay, which he wasn't supposed to ever go that far. And he also went across this highway, he said, because the dog could have gotten hit and he was telling the dog stop, you know, don't, you know, be careful. And then the dog crossed the road and he looked both ways and crossed the road. Anyway, he winds up in the woods across the street and he's talking to this guy, this guy's chicken coop across the street next to these woods. Well, that's the guy who called over and saw a four-year-old boy playing in the woods. And when he did that, uh, the person across the street is like, look, they're looking for a kid over here now. That's not our, that's not our grandkid or anybody. That's don't let them go anywhere. Basically they, they just gave him a heads up. And then, anyway, they notified the police that were already looking around and the police went and picked up my son. So why am I telling you guys this? Well, whoever's out there who's listening to this, you clicked on this either because you've been afraid of this happening or you've had it slightly happen or you're maybe even still looking for your child, God forbid. God forbid that you've, you have a missing child. Because that, that night, first of all, whenever I saw my son, I ran and I just started screaming, thank you, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. And I picked up my son and I just started crying. And the scary part is that, that my son didn't even really realize what was, why everybody was freaking out. And he's just like, hey, I got to ride in a cop car. Like he's all excited. He didn't have any kind of fear of what could have actually happened, you know? Like, you, I thought, I literally, in my heart of hearts, the bottom line was seeing my, my son's little toy truck abandoned like that. I thought that he was abducted. Worst case scenario, my son was abducted. Yeah, he could have went in the woods and got bit by a snake, or he could have fell in a hole, or et cetera, et cetera. But I thought my son was kidnapped. And, um... Just thinking about it, man, it just, it freaks me out. I couldn't sleep that night very well. You know, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had to go back to sleep again. And I was looking at my phone, all these horror stories. And I just, you just think about everything that could happen. And, you know, I really thought about, I thought about the parents who were still looking for their kid. And I couldn't get that out of my head, you know, that we live in a world where people are looking for their kid and they can't find them. And it just bothered me so much. And, uh, you know, <laughs> like, where am I going? Where are you going with this, dude? Well, basically, I had a lot of prayer and a lot of thought thinking about this whole thing. And basically, all I can tell you is that for me, all I know to do is, um, is help if you go to missingkids.org, M-I-S-S-I-N-G-K-I-D-S.org, you can donate money to all these wonderful programs that help find missing kids. They have training programs for police officers. It's actually, when you go to the website, it's actually called the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. That's a National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. I think it's N-C-M-E. No, N-C-M-E-C. I don't know. Just go to missingkids.org. Because I cannot stop thinking about the parents that are looking for their kid that desperately need help find their kid. I was going, I was driving back to my mother-in-law's going the wrong way to find my son. 
you know, like, and it would have been dark within like in two hours and God knows what would have happened if that, if she wouldn't have called the cops first, who probably had some training, you know, on, Hey, you go this way, you go this way. Let's, and thank God we didn't have to call an Amber alert, but, uh, it call like, it, it caused me so much distress, man. Um, I just want to put out there that if you've got kids, I just want to say real quick, because I like to do these podcasts in 15 minutes or less that who is at risk? Everybody, 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 everybody that has small children, especially when there's more than one child involved as far as the, the caretaking, excuse me. Um, for instance, my mom told me, I'll never forget when I had kids, my kids are close to close in age, like 19 months apart. She said, well, son, what you don't realize is that one of your children, it's not the baby. It's not the youngest one that's at risk per se. It's the one that's a little bit older that can get around more that you can't pay attention to as well as you should have because they can get their mobile and you're worried about this over here. Well, my mother-in-law, like I said, I don't want to pick on her. She was not watching my son for too long of a period of time. I did the math and it probably took him half an hour or at least 20 minutes to get where he had gotten in his old truck. And she should have been looking for his whereabouts before then, before panic mode happened and before she's calling. Like, and it's hard, you know, whenever these things happen under someone else's care and like it's a family member. I didn't yell at her or nothing crazy like that, but... um honestly, I mean, I've lost a little bit of faith in her, you know, watching my kids, even though it could happen to anybody, like you cannot help, but have that reaction when something happens to your kid under anybody else's watch, because you you always tend to think, well, that wouldn't happen under my watch, which that isn't always true, by the way, that could have happened under your watch too. It's just, it's a very, very natural feeling to want to, to blame somebody or something, but Um, so yeah, when there's two kids involved, the older one is typically at risk because they can get around more and you're worried about the little one. And when you're by yourself, it's a big responsibility to keep these kids, you know, protected or keeping them from getting hurt. Uh, another thing is that it's typically, and this is going to scare a lot of people because I know a lot of you have parents and in-laws that help with your small children when you're at work. I feel like it is is more, there's more of a risk of something happening to your kid when the caretaker is older. And when I say older, that's relative. I was going to say like, I don't know, older than 55 years old. And there's multiple reasons for that. Um, and I don't want to be like, sound like I'm an ageist or something, but there, I mean, my mother-in-law is 60 years old and I know for a fact she wasn't physically capable of, wind sprinting to save my son if she saw him that far away in trouble you know what i'm saying so there's a physical thing and there's also i don't know man there's a mental thing maybe i don't know what happens grandparents kind of not all the grandparents but my in-laws and my parents they're not as anal as i am about protecting my kids like i'm super maybe even overprotective, but that's not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just saying that, you know, like I saw this documentary and I'm over 15 minutes now. So if you're still listening to this, well, then you need to hear this anyway. 
there's a really good documentary that's, I don't want to say good because it's terrifying, but and the crazy thing is I just watched this like two months ago, excuse me, and it is about uh, these kids that go missing in the woods, hmm, lo and behold, but usually this is like national parks type woods, not just, <laughs> you know, my situation that we had, but um, anyway, this one guy was on a church mission or church group thing and there's an older lady in the church that was supposed to be watching this kid <sighs> and it was just the kid was young like three four five and it was one of those they turn around like where'd so-and-so go i don't know i thought he was right behind me and they literally never found this boy again he just went up into the wood he just went off the trail somewhere and this older person just wasn't paying attention and they came back and told this guy, look, we can't find your son. Well, the poor guy, his son died. They found his body like years later. And that's a horrible story to even talk about for me because for anybody that has kids. And I feel so bad for that guy. You know, it's like bad things are going to happen in this world. And bad things can't happen. But I just want all anybody who hears this to just be. Uh, what's the word? Vigilant, diligent, just everything you can possibly be to protect your kids, man. Like. And I know, like, if you feel helpless about people who have lost, are looking for their kids, or go to that website, missingkids.org. And there are some, they got, like, inspirational stories on there. But you can also just, if there's a charity you're looking to be involved in, I mean, God, what that's a good charity. You know, money that goes to supporting these these groups that that learn methods of finding missing children within a time frame that could save their lives or save them from being abused. And man, that was just the worst feeling. I mean, I've been through some horrible things in my life, but that feeling was so gut wrenching. Just not knowing if I'll ever see my son again for 18 minutes. It was hard. And I, I hope that somebody out there hears this. And if you know somebody who, could be inspired or I don't know. I just felt like I needed to get this out there. I hope it's a blessing to somebody. Look, I'm over my time. It's 18 minutes. And if I messed up your, your routine, if you listen to me regularly, and I'm usually 15 minutes or less, I'm sorry. But uh, this was something that I wanted to get out and get off my chest. Thank God, you know, literally, I thank God that the situation wasn't worse than what it could have been. But at the same time, I feel a little bit of guilt when I say that because I know there's some parents that didn't have that outcome and are still looking. And for those people, God bless you, man. I just, God. All right, y'all. Go to missingkids.org. Give them some money. You know, it doesn't matter. Give them $5, $10. Just think about people who are looking for their kids, man. And, uh, Anyway, once a week I do this podcast. It's just pretty much at this point, it's just random topics. You know, it's it's usually geared towards men, but it's also in fathers. But, you know, it's for women. It's for parents. It's for anybody who's willing to listen to the topic. It doesn't matter. I just want to be a blessing to somebody or anybody. And I pray that this is, and uh, I'll do this again next week. If you want to reach out to me, it's jackcoolidge at hotmail.com if you got any questions or comments. All right. All right, thank you for listening to the Men of Unquiet Desperation podcast. Peace, God bless.